welcome everyone to another episode of Global Fintech. Coasting here with Matt Flannery. Matt and I co-founded Kiva.org, a global microfinance nonprofit that we started over 15 years ago. And now we're over at Branch International, which is focused on financial inclusion in emerging markets using uh, smartphones and AI. And we're really excited to be talking to uh, a real pioneer uh, in the space. We both work in Nigeria. This is Babs from CUDA. Babs and his team are pioneering the expansion of financial inclusion. And really, the concept of neobanking in Nigeria are really one of the leaders in the market. So we're just really excited to have you on. Thank you for making the time to uh, share your story with us. Babs, would love to just hear an overview of CUDA. Tell us a bit about it and an overview would be really helpful. Okay, thanks Thanks for having me on and, and for thinking of CUDA. You know, for me, it's felt, you know, I was built to build CUDA. You know, when I think about all my past experiences, working within financial services, sort of from like the audit side, PricewaterhouseCoopers, I used to, you know, audit banks. And then I worked on the public sector side. So I really got to understand regulators. So, you know, something just told me that, listen, there's got to be, especially in the emerging market, there's just got to be a better way to offer financial service products to people in, you know, environments where, you know, it's not as affluent. Banking generally has been expensive, you know, sort of all over the world, but you don't really feel it as much in more developed economic environments. So for me, you know, could have just set out to become a financial service provider that offers accessible, affordable, and rewarding financial services to people in emerging market. And predominantly in Africa, we're talking about Africa, I'm Nigerian, you know, so it made sense to start in Nigeria, but our real goal is to be able to bank every African on the planet. Because I believe those have probably over the years been the most neglected group of people when it comes to financial services. So it's not a surprise that half of the world's underbanked, unhappily banked, unbanked, are all Africans, you know. So, you know, and I strongly just believe that a big part of that is the price point. So USP is basically how do we perfect the art of offering free banking to everybody? And if we're able to achieve that, we believe access, you know, is secondary because there are other forms of sort of, there are other platforms, other technologies, you know, app-based, USSD, different channels that we can access to reach people. It doesn't have to be brick and mortar anymore. So that's kind of like just putting those two things together. So Kuda is digital only, and you can open a, open a full bank account within minutes and start enjoying free banking. It's a full service bank, deposit taken, transfers to any bank in Nigeria, and just access to, also access to credit, you know, but for only those people that actually bank with CUDA. So that's kind of where we have now, where we are at now. It's got a lot of financial literacy around it, basically just educating people about what their money is doing, where their money is going, and just tips also on how to save better, and features that help you just save without really thinking about it. And, and so it's how we just managed to combine all of those things together and just present this sort of financial service offering to people in, in, in emerging market. Perhaps a lot of neobanks have a hook product in other markets that 
you know, really help drive kind of their distribution, their growth, whether it's, you know, kind of no FX fees or, you know, what have you, what would you say is your hook in Nigeria is you mentioned free or trying to kind of reduce fees. And but could you talk a little bit about what the most compelling hooks are for Kuda Bank customers? Yeah, I mean, so in Nigeria, the average banking consumer would spend up, could spend up to 10% of their money on bank charges. That's ridiculously high. And, and the reason for that is, you know, bank charges are typically fixed. So regardless of what you're doing, you will pay a certain amount. So when you're in an environment that, you know, the level of affluence isn't as high, you know, in relative terms, the percentage you're paying of your income on bank charges is, is high. So we're the first free bank. So we don't charge you. We have a basic package that, you know, it strips out all the costs. We issue a debit card, we send it to you. It's free. There's no account maintenance charge on it. There's no card maintenance charge. You can transfer from one bank from Kuda to any bank in the country for free. So all of these things make Kuda very attractive. Plus the fact that you can pretty much just do everything that you, you need to do. So the free is the hook, but it's not necessarily what will sustain you. It's all the other things you're able to offer. You know, the fact that you can literally pay all your bills, you can, you know, pay, your, pay, pay for your phone, your airtime, you can save easily, and you just have a better understanding of, of what your money is doing. Plus the effortless customer service, you know, critical, especially in an environment where, you know, there is this kind of lack of, you know, understanding of finance generally. There's by having customer service that is just sort of not, sort of not too formal, but just enough to make you understand, you know, the intricacies of financial services, not trying to sort of trick you into doing something. It's just very simple. But yeah, the free is definitely a, a, a big hook for, you know, for people that don't have a lot of money, you know, and we've seen a lot of traction because of that. I don't know much about um, cards. I've never uh, worked at a company that issues cards, but it does strike me that in many of the African countries, it might be difficult, like logistically to get millions of people a card or to go from, you know, the step of them signing up for it to shipping it to get into their house to having them unwrap it and activate it successfully it seems like there's a lot of chances for that to that to fail clearly you've had a lot of success sending cards to people so does it work out better than you thought is it harder than um, you thought or, or how hard really is it i i mean i think you're absolutely correct it's probably one of the most challenging parts of of our business you know but we felt it's really important to to have that you know the whole thing around you know, banking and getting people to bank, you know, people, especially in Nigeria, and I think for a lot of Africa as well, people are generally highly aspirational. So, you know, no one really wants to have, oh, this product is for the poor people. Design. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. So you got to offer something that <laughs> everybody can use and the rich people use it. But guess yeah. what? you can actually afford it this time. So it's, cool. it comes with a great challenge for us, you know, and you're right in terms of logistics, production, you know, everything, but we found a way, you know, we found a way yeah. to, to get it done. There, there are long lead times. It's not sort of like in the West where you would order a card and you could get it in, you know, 
three days, four days, you know, yeah. you know, we're talking weeks, like two weeks is like standard SLA. But, you know, in that time, you are able to do lots of other things. You know, you're able to still transfer to the merchants when you go to, to, to the stores or kiosk or whatever, you can still send money instantly to the merchant. But, you know, it, it helps having the card just because then you actually have access to cash as well. Yeah. Because, you know, it's one of the important things in terms of sort of infrastructure in as much as we want to be fully digital and whatnot, you know, we're not quite there yet. We will still require access to cash. And with the card, there's access to, obviously, you can use it at ATMs. You can also use it with agents, uh, mobile money agents. So it's very important to have the card because not everybody will be able to accept the transfer. You know, I mean, you've been to Lagos. If you, I don't know if you ever took a public transportation in Lagos, ever dared to do it, but... You can't use, you can't do a transfer. You can't use, you know, you have to pay cash. So in right. a, a, a lot of touch points, you still need cash. That's why the card is very important. That's amazing. Huge accomplishment just to get it out there to so many people. And I know you're one of the most downloaded apps in the country. So you've clearly broken through the initial hurdles that people would think about when evaluating this idea. Probably were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just curious. Can you just describe, you know, significant milestones in the company's journey? What have they been? Um, well, milestones. I mean, there are lots. Uh, we're now over a hundred people. You know, I, I I got scared when we were just a team of twenty. We went from three people to ten people. To actually, Ora is on the line. He's one of the. He was one of the early ones. Maybe wait six months before he joined. You know, it's the team is growing. You know, just the ability to to sort of get used to that. In terms of sort of financial metrics or customer metrics, we're, I mean, we're over five, 500, yeah, we're actually 600,000 now. I mean, it's moving quickly every day now. So the last time I checked, so we're, we wanna get to a million sort of pretty quick. Again, first 10,000 customers was like, oh, wow, amazing. And then, you know, 100,000, we celebrated 100,000. After that, I mean, I, I, I don't even remember thinking about it, you know, one day I just said, oh, across 500,000. Oh, great. You know, um, so, so be thankful in terms of customer acquisition, <laughs> yeah, you know, and we did our first billion dollar month in, in December, you know, which is again, in terms of total transaction volumes, you know, so it, it's kind of, Kudo's kind of got a life of its own now. It feels like there's a really strong product market fit. People are really sort of, you know, attached to it and the funny thing is we get we do get complaints we get a lot of complaints but that comes when i read between the lines it comes from the fact that we've set such a high bar it's such an early stage that you know and nigerians are quite sort of they always want more you know so you know you just <laughs> so high, yeah come on, yeah gotta deliver now you know so right it keeps us kind of you know motivated to you know to be at that you know, top level, you know, all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I think those are some of the major things. Obviously, you know, we were able to raise some capital for a seed round. Again, that was pretty sort of for us, it was pretty impressive, at least internally, just because it was such an uncertain period with COVID and, you know, and the stories we'd actually sort of thought we'd raised capital before and, and the investors pulled out just because, you know, they got scared and we thought, oh, oh no. 
this is it. It's all over. You know? Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So, so, so that was good. And, you know, we got some really interested investors that we're working with. And so, yeah, I mean, those, those, I would say those are sort of mo- most of the sort of significant milestones. We have our banking license, obviously. We got that before we even launched. Again, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, you know. So, I mean, lots of things. It's actually, for me, it's unbelievable that we've actually been able to get to where we've, we've, we've gotten to, you know. You say you're going to do it, but to actually see it materialize, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's fantastic, kind of the billion-dollar milestone in December, kind of the high growth of customer base, you know, the fact that are you, are you planning to do another fundraising round anytime soon? Um, are you in that process? Yeah, we're, we're a bank. We always need to have access to capital. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's part of the operations, you know, like the more successful you are in terms of, you know, acquiring customers, you know, you're going to need more money until you get to that point that, you know, you're, sort of sustainable in terms of, you know, revenue verticals and, and whatnot. I think that's kind of like the difference between, you know, building a challenger bank in an emerging market than building a challenger bank in, in a more developed um, market. There's, I think there's, you know, I mean, I think that the challenger banks in the West have done amazingly well just to get the amount of customers, to get sort of the amount of traction. Because personally, I feel you know, banking, it's broken, but it's not that bad, you know, compared to, <laughs> it's, it's really not that, it's not terrible. Definitely it can be a lot better, but it's, you know, not, you know, we have a lot of work to do in emerging market, you know, so I think there's more opportunity for a challenger bank in emerging market. And the fact that I think there's a lot more room to, to monetize, you know, like credit, you know, you guys have done it really well, you know, there's just more margins you know, and there's more demand as well, you know, people actually need it more, you know. So People often uh, talk about banking in Nigeria as kind of a scary industry, meaning the banks have so much power versus maybe other countries where the telcos have all the power. Yeah. So I'm sure you got warned many times, sometimes yeah. rightly, sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly about what would happen if uh, you started a challenger bank and that challenger bank started to get successful and you became really threatening to, you know, the top banks, established banks in the country. Do you think that's a real concern? I don't know, unfair competition, bullying tactics, or is that sort of, you know, fear that unsubstantiated fear mongering? I mean, I, I think there's always a concern in not just in banking, in, in any sector of sort of... Yeah, when you're the entrenched monopolies. Yeah, yeah established incumbents, you know, it's, and I think it's, it is a valid fear, you know, I mean, if I was behind the wheel of, you know, a big organization and some, you know, upstarts are coming and trying to come into that, I, I would do everything that I could to protect my turf. That's yeah. normal, you know, but... For me, I see it more as for, for CUDA, we're not trying necessarily to eradicate sort of incumbent banks. I mean, that's not yeah. the, you know, the motive is, you know, how can we together improve sort of financial services, you know, for our people? How can we do that? You know, and, and we've seen it. We've partnered with three of the biggest banks in the country. Basically, if you want to pay cash into CUDA, you can pay it from one of 
the branches of three of these banks, you know, and these are three of the biggest banks, like not just in Nigeria, but probably in Africa, you know. Yeah. So that sounds weird. Why would they enable you to do that? So what's in it for them? I mean, so again, you got to understand sort of the pain points of different people, different companies. You got to be mature enough to be able to, you know, understand what the give and take is. So for example, you know, there's, there's opportunity for free float, for cheaper float, you know, for, for, for the big players. They would spend quite a lot of money getting into places that ordinarily, you know, they wouldn't necessarily want to get into. But Kuda, just by the nature of what we built, we can attract those kind of customers, you know, at very, with, with low sort of cost base. Right. Um, but for them, you know, it, it'd probably be more expensive to go yeah. to that, you know, just because of the way they're structured. So there's a lot of, it's not one thing, you know, it's just how do you broker relationships and understand, you know, again, I think I, when I started this sort of conversation, it was about, I, I talked about my experiences at PricewaterhouseCoopers, at audited banks. So a lot of that experience has helped me in terms of just understanding, you know, one, how to talk to, you know, established players and, and, and yeah. what and we're not here to take over. I mean, it's people. It's not a winner. Banking's not a winner-take-all market anyway. No one bank exactly. you know, can uh, own all the deposits of a certain country. That the government wouldn't let that happen. Um, exactly. I, I know. We, I know. I have to go. At, um, pretty soon. I was also just wondering. You know, we we looked at acquiring a bank once in Nigeria, and I was told that we would need to have a brick-and-mortar location, even like even having a vault in the office. Yeah. Um, do you have to have a retail location? Can I find? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. we have a retail location and, and we have a vault. It's empty. You know. Um, you should put on like a picture in it or some something funny. Yeah, maybe that looks like a nice bank <laughs> flowers. Note, yeah, uh, right behind yeah, you. That, that, yeah. that would be risky because people may think that we actually have money in there. You know? Right. <laughs> leave it open, put it right <laughs> up front. Yeah. So yeah, I mean look, it's we set up like you know, like a bank, we just don't plan to have lots of branches and lots of physical, yeah. like, but we do have a physical, like, we can, you can walk into Kuda and, you know, we won't take your cash, but we're there for you. If you come in, we can, you know, answer queries and, and whatnot. So, yeah. Neat. I want to stop by sometime next time I'm there after COVID. Yeah. You should. You should. <laughs> Babsy, you talked about the Pan-African vision. Can you like what's the future hold in terms of country expansion? You talked a little bit about some of the products that you, you know, plan to bring yeah. out credit and other products, but just give us a sense of the, the future kind of, you know, could over the next three to five years. Yeah. I mean, for us, it is, I, I'm not even sure if it's a Pan-African vision. It's more of a global vision, but okay. Africa at the core, you know, now we believe, you know, Africa's greatest export, is its people. It's not as raw materials or crude oil, cocoa, whatever, it's people. So we want to be able to serve those people. So the idea is we serve them locally through our free banking model. And, you know, globally, we serve them via the diaspora corridor through remittance. And, you know, they get the same banking rails that we have in Africa and the local, we built our own core banking platform. So we're able to basically you know, extend that to other regions. And, and the idea is, you know, for example, if you're in Nigeria, in the UK, 
you should be able to have a, you know, a CUDA account. If you want to send money to Nigeria, you send a CUDA to CUDA, nice and easy. You know, so that's kind of like the play, you know, and I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, it's not, I don't think there's any secret to it. It's just, you just got to do it. You got to execute it, which is, you know, like the biggest challenge. You got to be able to, you got to be good at licensing. You got to be good at sort of understanding, excuse me, different sort of markets. The Nigerian in Nigeria is different from the Nigerian in the UK. You know, they think different, you know, you're in a different surrounding. So you got to understand all of these things and be able to really sort of execute it. And that's where the big challenge is for us. But, you know, I think it's something that we can really do. I feel like I am somebody that, you know, I'm, in, I'm Nigerian, I was brought up in England, but, you know, I understand the two worlds, you know, so it's about trying to make sure that is extended throughout the team and throughout the DNA of CUDA to be able to make this successful. But that's a challenge, you know, and that's what we're really trying to do, move around different countries. What's your view of groups like Chipper that have kind of their wedge product is, you know, very much around just payments and then kind of the traction that they're seeing in the capital markets or, you know, in the, you know, in the fundraising, uh, huge round recently that they just announced with, you know, Bezos yeah. leading it, others. Ribbit, Ribbit. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's good. I think it's good for, it's good for the continent. You know, it, it shows that the caliber of investors that are interested and, you know, I think it's a large market, you know, $30 million is not going to win the market, you know, $100 million is not good. I mean, so it's, for me, I, I see things as a positive. And at the end of the day, you know, it's all about, you know, executing right and just really having sort of that um, ability to build customer loyalty and spread that as far as possible. So, but yeah, but generally, I think it's great, you know, that, we're, we're, we're getting these kind of investments. I think it's, it's high time, you know, not just everything for San Francisco, you know, <laughs> you know, so. You're going to be funding us pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but there's a lot of opportunities in, in, in Africa, you know, and I think, you know, Nigeria is such a, is just right at the core of that, you know, a lot of it starts from Nigeria and kind of spreads out. You know, and, and we're right in the mix, you know, kudos, right, you know, in, in terms of, you know, what we're doing. So I'm excited, you know, for what's to come. Babs, uh, right. thanks for making the time uh, today. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank Have a good evening. So you guys. Bye -bye. Well, bye.